0: Are you thinking about implementing your own smart home? Not sure of what you want to control or how to start? Do you want your smart home to respond to your voice like it does in the movies or television? Well, you found the right podcast, Tech Bytes with Ron Netter. As a best-selling author, speaker, and YouTuber, he will help you explore the different options available. And now, here's your host. Ron! Do you want to learn about handling or getting a domain name? Would you like to be able to learn more and not have to spend any money? Well, stay tuned and I'm going to show you how to set up a domain name for free. Welcome to another edition of Tech Bytes with Ron Nutter, your home for all things relating to smart home technology. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to set up a domain name for free. That's right folks, you heard, for free. And you're also going to learn a little bit about DNS. Hi, I'm Ron Nutter and we're going to be working on this together. This content is also available as an Amazon flash briefing or podcast. Please go to techbyteswithrunnutter.com for more information. For any items mentioned in this episode, there are affiliate links in the description. If you click on these links, I will get a small commission, but that won't affect the price you pay for the item. If you wanna get notified when new content is uploaded, please click on subscribe and enable notifications. Here's what we're gonna be covering in this video, and that's getting a, a free domain name for your smart home. If you've already been setting up domain names, You've got this. This video was targeted directly at beginners or those who had very little experience in working with domain names. First, we'll go through in creating your free domain name we'll go over some of the different types of DNS records, and then we'll look at some of the DNS troubleshooting tools. Everybody knows what a domain name is. Setting one up is not something that everybody has done, but there's a lot of reasons you need to know how to do this. What we're gonna go through now is something that came up during my research for another video series I'm working on, but I wanted to break this out as a separate video because there are a lot of advantages to knowing how to create a domain name and being able to do some testing without mucking up a production domain name so let's go ahead and get started we're going to shift over here to a site called freenom.com very easy to get this up and running we'll do something like uh we'll just do tech lab us and we'll see that click on here now if we click on get it now that's going to say not available but it, yet it just told us it's available okay well now we're going to enter the domain and we want plus the tk and let's try this one again and guess what? It's available, so we'll go to checkout. And there's two things you've got to decide going into this one, and that is, do we want to forward this domain to somewhere else? And it is going to check to see that that actually exists, or DNS. we just got to put something in there for right now. So we're going to go to DNS, and we'll just forward it out to Google. And then that should be all it needs to worry about for now. This is just temporary. Now, you've got the option of 1 to 12 months free. I'm going to go to 12 months because this is going to be a permanent situation so we'll click on continue and see nothing due today no subtotals no nothing so what we're going to do is we're going to enter our email address and we'll say verify Okay, this is the email you should get when they're doing email verification. Now you'll enter your contact information here. And then once you're finished, you can go on to complete order. So let's get that done and we'll be right back. Okay, once everything's up and ready, then you'll be presented to this screen. Might wanna record the order confirmation number, but most importantly, record the username and password that you use to set this account up. And please, please do not use the same password as you do on other sites. And we'll click on okay. Right, now it knows who we are, so click on click on services and then my domains. So it says active, so it's already set ready to go at this point. So to make any changes, you just go over here to manage a domain. And you can always upgrade if you want to. At this point, kind of getting used to things. So we'll go on management tools and we can do change name server. So you can either use the ones for Freenom and coming up in another video, you're going to see why we're, we're going to make a change. But this is something that gives you idea of what to do. If we manage it, then that's when it should let us go in and make the appropriate records changes. And this is what you'll be working with going on. Now you can always make changes to do what you want when you don't have a name here then if you go say just whatever the domain name is techlab-us.tk this will be something that will be and he just goes to a global default and the time to live is something just you don't have to worry about it but now something we're going to go into here and that's a different type of dns records so this is something to just make you aware of i've got some slide coming right up there's there's quite a bit of DNS records out there are quite a variety of work with, but don't let that overwhelm me. So let's go to those slides and I'll walk you through some of the more common ones that you'll need to look at. Here are some of the more common DNS records that you will come across. Now the A record is one's probably the number one record you will see out there. And that's what maps the host name like www.google.com or google.com and it maps it to a specific IP address. When you get into IPv6 territory, your A record becomes what's called a quad A record or AAAA but a lot of people just say Quad A record. And that's one that's specifically formatted for the IPv6 addressing scheme. Now the MX record is something that you will see and it specifically is for mail servers. When my mail server goes to send somebody to IBM or Google or whatever, it will look to see where, what the IP address is for a mail server at that end. And instead of having to have a specific name, this is a record that the mail server knows how to go and look up and say, hey, where do I need to be sending mail to? So there's just kind of a division of, of what's going on. Now, depending on what you're doing with DNS, you may want to have an authoritative name server set up. And that's ones that if there's any question that when the lookup is done, if it comes from a DNS server that's listed as the NS server for that domain, it's considered to be authoritative or this is no question, this information is good. That's an oversimplification, but you kind of see where we're going. Now, pointer records are an interesting record to use. And this is something that is, you'll hear the term reverse lookup. So if I go out to cnet.com I will get an IP address back. Well, depending on the security system I've got in place on my end, my firewall, the DNS server may go out and say, hey, what does this IP address that claims to be from cnet.com? Now, TXT records are kind of an interesting beast. They, they're kind of a free form DNS record. Where I have come up with using this a lot is in something for email servers called SPF. F or sender policy framework and this is something that the anybody who has a mail server can set up on their end and it lists in that record there's some formatting you have to do but it lists the IP addresses of the mail servers that are allowed to send mail so if there's any question with somebody sending spam if you've got spf in place the receiver of the email should be able to go out and do a lookup and say okay do i have a txt record set up with sender policy framework is the server i'm getting an email attempt from listed in that spf record if it is go ahead and continue the conversation if not then shut it down and go on there are quite a few records available that you can use. There's, They all have different purposes. You'll even have one called CNAME, which is a canonical name. It allows you to have two different host names assigned to the same IP address. I haven't used that one a lot, but there are reasons why you may need it. But start with these first, kind of get used to them, and then you'll get a sense of where to go from there. Part of your learning process for DNS is having some troubleshooting tools that you can help see what's going on or not going on in may case. And this is just barely scratching the surface. Once you get into it, you're probably going to do some stuff from command line with NS lookup and there's some other utilities out there, but this is just to kind of get help you get your feet wet for those of you who've never done anything with DNS before. So let's move over here and I've got three tabs up and this is going to help see what is going on. So if we wanna see what the MX record looks like, say for ibm.com, we'll just type it in. And it will go out and do a lookup and this tells us the different servers they've got set up now at this point they have two servers they've got running now you notice the preference that's considered it like waiting so you can have it uh, a preference to go to one server or the other in this case it's load balancing between the two and this goes into some other information so this gets you kind of a little bit more idea of what's going on now here's something from google admin in their toolbox. This is a pretty interesting little tool. So we'll do ibm.com. So they do have a single record after there for it. Now let's see if they're doing anything with IPv6. Okay. Again, they are. So you've got two different records there. And if we go to MX records, so this gives you a little different way of looking at it. And then you've got something from all tools. It's dnschecker.org. So if one site doesn't tell you something, or you want to verify to make sure that it's reporting the information the way you're expecting, you've got three different ways of doing kind of a, a probe of the DNS system. And especially if you're making changes, then you can see what's been done. Now, keep in mind, when you make a a DNS record change. It can be as little as a couple of hours for it to propagate across the internet, or it could be a day or two. It just depends. And a lot of that is whose DNS you're using. Some ISPs don't update on a frequent basis. And that comes back to a time when bandwidth was not exactly the most prevalent thing in the world. And you didn't want to be tying up bandwidth doing zone transfers and record lookups that you didn't have to. That's not so much the case anymore. But To just to kind of keep things in realistic perspective that you when you make a change, it's not just snap and it goes across the world. It may take a little while. So just to kind of help you in the learning process. But this is going to get you up and running. You're going to see this process used in a video series. I'm getting ready to start that I need to run things through a separate domain. I don't want to run them into my production domain. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will see videos on the screen that are similar to the one you've just watched or other content that YouTube thinks you might be interested in. If this video helps you or provides value, please click on that like button, thumbs up. If you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please click on subscribe now and enable notifications. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the Tech Bites with Ron Better podcast. If you know someone who's interested in creating their own smart home, please share this show with them. Please subscribe on iTunes or Google Podcasts and leave us a review. Have questions? Contact Ron at questions at com. He looks forward to sharing more incredible insights on the next episode.